Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Spoke Media. Not Sorry Productions. Hi, Julia. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good. Please update everybody on your tooth saga. Well, I got a metal rod screwed in my face. And then after that happened, I recommended a book to my dentist that has a lot of sex in it. I've done that too. I've recommended books with a lot of sex in them to people who afterwards I've been like, maybe that was inappropriate. He asked about what I was reading and I was just being honest. I wasn't like, hey, like 60-year-old dentist man who reads a lot of nautical fiction, this I think is a really good match for you. (laughs) How does it feel to have a metal rod in your face? I've never looked better. So what is this week's episode called? Delete your social media. I wouldn't call it that. I would say social media should only be for photos of baby animals. That's a great idea. Yeah, I don't want to delete my social media. I just only want it to be pictures of lambs and puppies. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll start reading the question. I am a 32-year-old man with a 26-year-old girlfriend of one year. She likes pictures of a guy on Instagram, which makes me jealous. I met my girlfriend at work 18 months ago. She worked as an intern, and I started giving her rides home. We started dating, and now we have a great relationship. I know how the man of her dreams should look and act. We used to talk about it a lot in the car after work before we started dating. I don't fit the looks or act like the man that she dreamed about. She hasn't mentioned this, and I feel like she loves me for being me. Nine months ago, another intern, B, started. B is a part-time model and a lead singer of a semi-famous band. He fits the look and act of my girlfriend's dream. She started talking a lot about B. B did this at work today. B is so cool, etc. After a week, I told her I wasn't interested about hearing about B every day. She apologized and stopped talking about him. Their internships ended and they started school together. She doesn't talk about him anymore, but she shows interest on Instagram. She likes nine out of 10 pictures he posts. She never comments on them. She follows 150 people on Instagram, fashion, and her girlfriends, plus some other guys from school, but rarely likes other pictures. The amount of Instagram attention she gives me is very far from normal Instagram activity for her. I feel so jealous about her liking his pictures on Instagram, and I really want to know why she does it. At the same time, I know my jealousy is stupid, and I need to stop Instagram stalking her likes, but I don't know how. Should I delete Instagram or tell her about my jealousy? I Like, this is so dumb. Like... <laughs>
like you should tell people about your feelings and snidely saying, I don't want to hear about him every day was your first missed opportunity of saying to her, your relationship with B makes me really jealous. Can we talk about it? I feel like I'm not the man of your dreams and he is. Like, just talk about it and definitely stop stalking her on Instagram. You have some deep insecurities in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I will also take a minute to sympathize with him. Like, it doesn't feel good to know that your partner is attracted to somebody else. And it sounds like she probably is attracted to B. The thing is, like, we all have to tolerate a certain amount of, like, our partner finds this other kind of person attractive also. And I'm not, none of us can be everything to our partner. And so I think living with just a little bit of jealousy is normal and should be tolerable and should be managed through upfront conversation and not through Instagram data analytics. I love all the data he collects in this question. I think it's it's so interesting. He knows not only the number of followers, but the breakdown of percentages about what kind of people she follows. He's really done a lot of anxiety stalking of his girlfriend, who I'm sure he sees all the time. Instagram, if you're looking for a new employee, this person really is in touch. He could literally just say to her, like, repeat after me, man who's not listening. Hey, your friendship with B is making me feel a little insecure. Can we talk about it? That's it. Do you think she's doing anything wrong? Of course not. He should probably shouldn't have been dating an intern. This whole relationship sounds not great to me in general. Rather than talking to her, he insta-stalks her and... I don't know, you shouldn't start dating someone while they're an intern and you're not. I like, there's obviously not a lot of information here, but the two options of should I delete my Instagram or tell her about my jealousy? Yes to both. <laughs> but what about the baby pictures of animals, Julia? It sounds like he's not using Instagram for that. He's using it to start his girlfriend. That's not going to solve the problem. The jealousy's not going to go away if you delete your Instagram. I don't know anything about this person, but I imagine about what he could do with all of his free time when he wasn't worrying about this anymore. And I feel really sad for him. Like he could learn how to bake me a delicious cake. He could learn a new language. He could be out there speaking Mandarin. Do you think that she's doing something wrong? No, not really. I think if I was in this circumstance and something I was doing that I didn't care that much about was making my partner uncomfortable, I would stop even if I didn't think it was wrong. She doesn't know it's making him uncomfortable. I know. I'm just saying when he eventually deletes his Instagram and brings this up, maybe she would stop. I don't know. It's not It's not that high stakes. Unless she is actually in love with him and this is the demise of their relationship. And he was right all along. So I like every single photo that Hugh Jackman posts on Instagram. Like, Every single one. And I am in love with Hugh Jackman. Like, I watched that movie where he fought a robot because I, Hugh Jackman was in it. So I went and I saw it. That is how much I love Hugh Jackman. I still want to be in a relationship with my partner. Like, just because you have a huge crush on someone doesn't mean that you don't want to be in your relationship. She could be lusting after B. And like enjoy looking at pictures of him on Instagram and still want to be in a relationship with her boyfriend. Yeah, but B isn't, she goes to school with him. He's not Hugh Jackman. He's around. And I think that's probably why it makes 
the boyfriend especially uncomfortable is that they have a friendship and they have a connection. I know you have a connection with Hugh Jackman, but it's a little different. I cannot believe that you just implied that Hugh Jackman isn't like around in my life. He is spiritually around in your life. I just saw him in concert a couple months ago. We were in the same building recently. Okay. I think part of what's interesting in this question is his language around the man of her dreams and what her dream man is. It seems like part of the intrigue of B for the girlfriend is that he or his type of person is part of her fantasy life rather than her real life. And that is what is pushing the boyfriend to be really worried is that this is her fantasy and he's not meeting that fantasy. Right. So, which is an anxiety that like you hear men also express about like about romance heroes, right? Like, well, I'm never going to be a Duke. Like, I'm never going to be Fabio. I'm never going to like roll up on my motorcycle. And I just, I just think that it's like oversimplifying women's ability to be like, I fantasize about wanting a man with a motorcycle and long hair who walks around shirtless. But like, actually, motorcycles are really dangerous and long hair sounds like it takes a lot of time to wash in the morning and I want access to the bathroom, right? Like, I think that women are able to, like, separate out their fantasy lives and their romance heroes. I also just think that we, like, mock women when they have crushes and we don't mock men when they have crushes, right? Like, my brothers get to talk about, like, how hot Charlize Theron is. And, like, if I'm, like, Hugh Jackman, I make a, like, joke about how dreamy he is. And I, like, talk about his tap dancing I've made it a bit, right? I've been like, he's such a hard worker. And I just love how he, like, whatever. At the end of the day, he's like a tall, handsome man with a great accent. But my brothers just get to be like, oh, Charlize Theron, so beautiful. And like, that's it. So it's like the male gaze gets to just be a fact. And the female gaze is like constantly under scrutiny and mockery. And like, I, it's why romance novels are considered trash. It's the covers, right? I feel like... There's a movement right now, like Jasmine Guillory, Helen Huang, like Linda Holmes, all of these um, romance authors are now having more sophisticated like women's fiction covers done. And those books are being taken more seriously because of the covers. Whereas romance novelists who have those like Fabio type covers just aren't taken as seriously, right? Like those are not put out at a place like an independent bookstore covers facing out being like, check out new fiction. We consider it Walmart, like Harlequin crap fiction if it has a hot man on the cover. And if bookstores don't feel like they can put those kinds of covers out, why is it that publishing keeps printing pictures of shirtless men if they're if they're somehow considered trashy and they're somehow hurting the genre. I don't understand it. Like, I don't understand if it helps books sell. I'm also totally befuddled about who finds Fabio attractive. Why is he on so many? Is he hot? I, I, I don't think so. I think that he was considered hot like there was a time. <laughs> and that time has passed. That time has passed. I think that we should find that person who thinks Fabio is hot. 
I don't know if we're going to be able to find anyone who thinks Fabio is hot, but I do know of a really smart romance cultural critic named Jen Reads Romance, who's prolific on Twitter and has a lot of opinions on romance covers. And so I think we should get her to weigh in. But also we have this great audio from a conversation that we cut short with Nicole Perkins on our Marissa episode, Mom Don't Listen. And so we're going to add some Nicole Perkins brilliance after we hear from Jen. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Jen Prokop. I'm Jen Reads Romance on Twitter and also co-host of the Faded Mates podcast with Sarah McLean. Okay, so we asked you to be on Hot and Bothered today to discuss something that whenever we mention that we're making a podcast about romance novels, people ask us, are you going to talk about the covers? And we thought (laughs) that you as sort of the like brilliant, critical fan of romances that you are would be a wonderful person for us to talk to about the covers. So first, I just want to ask you, what do they tend to look like? So obviously, there's a lot of different like subgenres. And I actually have a, like a working theory that like different subgenres kind of traffic in different cover design. But I think when people say that, what they're really talking about is sort of the infamous abs cover. Right. So it's just a man's chest. There's no head. And sometimes he's holding a phallic symbol. Right. It's a hockey stick or a a baseball bat or whatever, um, a sword. And I think that when people like I think what they're asking is like, how could you seriously read a book with this on the cover? Right. Right. And I've thought a lot about it because part of me wants to say Like, oh, fuck you. Like, I don't care. Right? So part of me just wants to be angry. Like, it's just such a superficial thing to say. Literally, it's a cliche, right? You can't judge a book by its cover. Right. I mean, right. We say that for a reason, right? If you're just minding your own business, taking public transit to work, or being with your family at some gathering, the last thing you want to do is put up with somebody giving you a hard time about what you're reading. And I don't know if it's shame as much as just like, I don't want to deal with you. I just want to enjoy my book. Although right. when you look at old school covers with like Fabio, which I know people get all twerked up when we talk about him because it was 800 years ago, some of them are pretty sexy. But it's often the woman's body that's really displayed. And I feel like that is less common now. 
I feel yeah. like now we're it's like female gaze time. I also really like I love all these new covers, like the Kiss Quotients yes. cover, um, the new Sally Thorne books mm-hmm. cover. Like there's something very like art deco e happening with right. covers. But I love those covers so much in part because they are moving so far away from the traditional covers. And I think like those are the romance novels that I buy in paperback because they look like women's fiction covers, not like romance covers. I mean, and I think really what we're saying is, you know, it feels a little more acceptable to like have on your coffee table, right? right? It's a nod to the fact that physical books are items in our home that have that look a certain way. But I think we also have to ask ourselves some hard questions about, it, are we trying to, like, move romance into women's fiction and why? Why is this the cover that we think is going to sell now? Well, so my question is, are we paying more for the right for it to not signal to the people around us that it's sexy, right? It looks, the the ones like the wedding date and the kiss quotient mm-hmm. look like they are romantic books, not like they are romance novels. So you don't realize like how raunchy and hot the sex scenes are going to be from looking at the cover. Well, and I, I would say like a couple different things, right? Like, so I work with a, I work with some amazing people and I'm always like slipping people romances. And like, there's a, a gentleman who like the math teacher who sits next to me who is um, 65 years old and recently read The Kiss Quotient and loved it. And I thought, well, maybe the bright side is it really is going to draw in some new readers into our beloved genre who are like, I didn't think I would like this, but I was wrong. I I prejudged it literally based on the cover, maybe. And and I was wrong. Yeah. It's also interesting, like, who... Right. Who's making the decisions and deciding which of the books should, quote unquote, pass, right, as like non-romance romance and which ones should just be labeled as romance? Well, and if I'm going to spend money on a romance, I want to know that it's a romance. And I feel like so many of these covers are really blurring the lines between like mainstream fiction and romance. And if I spend that much money on a book thinking I'm going to get a romance and I'm not then I'm going to be disappointed and probably a little angry. And so I feel like the other thing it's done is I feel like I'm a pretty smart romance reader. I'm pretty savvy. I know what I'm looking at and can probably judge what I'm going to get by looking at that cover. And I find myself really like frozen with indecision. Like when it was bookstore romance day, I bought a bunch of category romances. I was like, at least I know what I'm getting. I didn't have time to, you know, research some of these other books and find out if they're really romances. And that's what I don't like about it. I love some of the new covers, but I think that part of wanting to read a romance is the guarantees involved, right? That it's going to be about two people falling in love and I'm going to get a happily ever after. And it was a Lisa Kleepass book, but I once got so spooked that I she had written a book outside of the genre. And I was like, <laughs> am I am I reading a not romance novel? That's yes, right. And I, and I was really scared. I was like, someone is going to die. Something bad is going to happen. And it turns out it was just a really well-plotted romance novel <laughs> that I like. But I do think that part of what 
got me to keep reading was I looked back at the cover and I was like, no, it's a romance novel. It's a romance. It's going to be fine. And so I kept reading because I was like, I do not want to read a book where the guy dies. Oh, God, no. And so I agree with you. There's something so comforting about being able to look at the cover and be like, no, no, I'm in romance land. I'm fine. You know, and that used to be something I guess I would say I felt really uh, confident in my ability to judge whether or not a book was going to deliver what I wanted. And now I am not confident in that at all. To me, it is a real devil's bargain to say, yes, we're going to have more mainstream acceptance and we will be treated more like literature if the answer is because we're not romance anymore. Yeah. Obviously, I would love romance to have respect, but I would like romance to have respect as romance, not as like, you know, hash, like air quotes, women's fiction. If it's romance, it's romance. It deserves respect for being romance. I don't think we should have to like hide who we are and change what we do in order to get mainstream approval. That to me is not necessarily worth it. Something that I'm interested in. So I would say that my favorite covers are ones with only women on the cover. I love like a lot of Julia Quinn's books. I read a lot of Regency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of Tessa Dare's books also are women in like beautiful gowns. Gowns. Oh, yeah. And the, I mean, the fashion on these covers is incredible. Um, And it also, right, like it harkens back to a lot of like Disney princess Mm -hmm. things with me, right? Like I know I'm being manipulated. And so I, I love the aesthetic look of these. And then also all of the women are tiny and have these, right, like very media approved bodies. Right. um, And are like gorgeous in this way that I wonder if it's like allowing me to escape my own body issues by imagining Mm. myself into one of these beautiful women or if it's reifying other issues by having these copies. Like, would it be more exciting and subversive and sort of badass to have someone who wasn't, like, beautiful and in a gorgeous gown on the cover? Oh, my God. Like, you just raised, like, 700 questions at once. Because, of course, it's not even just that they're, like, beautiful and thin. It's often that, you know, there's they're white, right? So, yeah. I mean, one of the other, like, kind of questions I think, like, we really have to grapple with is – you know, are we also, um, like, putting covers out there because we're afraid that, like, you know, and I am I say we, like, publishing or whoever, all of us, you know, we're afraid that white um, readers aren't going to pick up a book if they know it's about um, Black characters or Latinx characters or gay characters. And so by sort of homogenizing the look of the cover, we can just sort of, like, lure them in. And I think That just makes me feel yucky, but there's not really much I can do about it except to just continue to really like promote and buy books that I love that that maybe break out of that cover mold. But the question of like how we present women's bodies and covers, I mean, that's real. And sometimes I will explicitly read a book where the cover, you know, the heroine's described as being really curvy or being, um, you know, like a, a a fat woman even or, you know, whatever words are used by the author. And the cover model is often not that way. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate very much books that have accurate representation because I feel like we're 
moving towards a place where I can find those heroines, but I often don't really find them represented on the covers. A Princess in Theory does a great job of that, Alyssa Cole's Mm -hmm. book. The characters are described as dark-skinned Black people, and then the people on the cover are dark-skinned Black people. She's described as having, like, curly hair. She has that on the cover. But, like, also, they're both described as gorgeous, and they're gorgeous on the covers. And she's, like, wearing this, like, beautiful dress that I love looking at. And so I feel like it ticks all the boxes of, like, being a romance cover. He's, like, lifting her in the air, and they're smiling at each other. But they also look like how they're described, um, which I feel like, yeah, is rare. Alyssa Cole's covers are amazing. Like, whoever is doing that artwork, I think it's just astounding. I'll tell you a book cover I saw today on Twitter is called Thief by B. Love. And it is probably the most strikingly beautiful cover I have ever seen. And it's a... um, it's it's a, a dark-skinned Black woman, but then it's like there's iridescent paint on her that's kind of blue and purple and like a magenta color. And that's the colors of like the title and the author's name. And it is gorgeous. And I'm like, I'm going to buy this book, right? I'm going to judge this book by its cover. <laughs> so the question is like, who buys these books because of the covers? Right? Like someone in marketing has decided that the best way to sell these books is to put these covers on them. I think marketing is probably a really powerful force. And we like think it doesn't work on us, but it must. One of Mm -hmm. my favorite things about buying historicals in paper is like the step back, which is okay. So, what that is, is like when you just look at the cover, it's a beautiful woman, right? In her beautiful gown. But when you often, when you open it up for some authors, then there's like the picture of the couple. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's just sort of a glossy second page that's a little bit thicker than a book page, but not as thick as a That's cover. called the step back. And I've got to say, I will absolutely buy books in paper to see, like for that, right? Like, I mean, talking about like Sarah's books, like I like seriously and legitimately spent a lot of quality time looking at the placement of his hand on her in like the Wicked and the Wallflower step back. I was like, that's sexy as hell. So it's it's all this like wish fulfillment, right? It's like the cover is some sort of promise. And then the step back is like, let me show you some of the happily ever after. Oh, I think so. But I also think like if if that's the case, then I think it's even why it's like more urgent that everybody get to see themselves that way. Like that's the part I just wish like, okay, so if that's the case, if we're going to admit that's true, it's that wish fulfillment. Like if I had a gown like that and a man gazing at me like that or, or right. That like everybody then deserves to have like people on the cover that like look like them. I mean, that's the part I think I really wish for a lot. If you read a romance, right. I think it's because there's a feeling that like we deserve, we deserve love. We deserve to feel this way. 
And a, a, the cover at some level is sort of a promise of that. And and that's why I think, you know, if it's a cover with like a set of beach chairs and a couple glasses of wine and a pair of flip flops, I think that's signaling a kind of happiness, right? I mean, so there's so many different levels of like what those promises, like what book covers are communicating, right? So it's like, you'll have a, a peaceful like time. You will have a a gorgeous face and dress. You will have someone gazing at you. You will have like someone gripping your thigh, right? Like it's kind of all tied up into like kind of what romance promises, which is you will be adored. Jen, before we let you go, I'd like to ask you about this Reddit question that we found that we think gets to some of the things that we've been talking about with romance covers. So bear with me as I read this to you. I met my girlfriend at work 18 months ago. She worked as a manager. And I need to stop Instagram stalking her, but I don't know how. Thoughts. Okay, I want to talk actually about this jealousy thing first. Because I think jealousy is something that happens a lot in romance novels. In a romance novel, I love it because it's just this like sign of their like a real deep, you know, all these feelings. But it's also because often in the books, the like heroes who feel this way are not very good about talking about their feelings, right? And so like jealousy is just like every feeling they have. Like that's one they're allowed to say. Men are allowed to say, I feel jealous or whatever. So the thing that I keep thinking I kept thinking about as you read that question is that he needs to talk to her, (laughs) right? Like you feel the way you feel because you have all these questions and you're trying to work through them all on your own without talking to your girlfriend. And he's never going to get any sort of like a resolution to this. You know what I mean? Without communicating with his girlfriend, his concerns that like, do you really like, do you like me for me? And if you don't like me for me, is this why you like this other guy, B, right? Because he's more handsome or more dynamic. I think that that's almost always the right advice, right? Is like, don't talk to strangers on Reddit. Talk to the person. Yes. (laughs) Right. The other thing I would like, I would really want to say, and this is something like I've said to my son and I've said to my students is... The thing that's amazing about love is when you're in love with someone, they're beautiful to you. It doesn't matter if they're perfectly beautiful. I mean, God, if that was the case, no one would ever get together with anybody else except like supermodels. But, you know, lots and lots of people in the world have friendships and romantic entanglements with other humans who are not perfectly attractive, right? We start at some point to judge each other for like our, I mean, I know it's like sounds corny, but I believe it, like our inner beauty, right? Like the friends I've chosen to be with, the people I hang out with, I don't hang out with them because they're pretty. I hang out with them because I like their brains. (laughs) I like the way they think. I like the way they see the world. I like their passion for like making the world a better place. Like how they actually look stops mattering to me. And I feel like it makes me sad, right? Like if you've been with someone for, I don't know, like 18 months or whatever he says, you know, and he still feels this, you know, that she's judging him. I would like to dig into that. Like, is there some reason for that? Or is that just like his own 
you know, his own problem. I mean, I'm not a beautiful person, but I'm pretty sure I'm beautiful to my husband, <laughs> you know? I mean, and that that's because he loves me and I love him. It's not because of our actual looks. And I, I really would feel sad to be in a relationship that made me feel that way all the time. And I know I'm lucky to say that. I know there are a lot of people who really do feel, you know, I don't know, like the pressure to look a certain way, either for their partner or their job or whatever. Like that's real, but in my home, I don't want to feel that way. I do think it, he goes at least a pretty long way to say like, she isn't doing anything to make me feel this way other than liking these Instagram posts. And so it does sound like it's insecurity on his part and that, yeah, that she does love him and like, yeah, that her dream guy isn't the guy that she actually wants to be with in the real world. It's like she might really just enjoy fantasizing about this other guy, but she doesn't want to be with him. She wants to be with her boyfriend. Yeah, I think, well, and I mean, and that's the part I think about this letter that I do feel like sometimes when our relationships with other people, right, not just our romantic relationships, our friendships, parenting, dealing with our own parents, you know, people at our job, it really brings up like really deep-seated and deep-rooted issues about how we see ourselves in the world. And this is what I love about romance. Like, in a romance, everyone's internal and interior lives, everyone's emotional life is valuable and worthwhile. And I feel like that's, like, what I love about romance. And so I feel often sad when I meet people who really struggle to talk about how they feel inside Because having, like, a rich inner emotional life that I feel in contact with, I think, makes me a better person in the world. I mean, I obviously believe that reading romance makes me a better person in the world. (laughs) Um, So I'm, like, (laughs) preaching to the converted here. I know. So, you know, we were talking about, like, covers and, like, what sells. And basically what our writer is asking is, like, I think she wants me for me, but what if she wishes there were like a different cover on me, right? And like, I really feel like what I'm saying to him is like, the cover doesn't matter as long as what's inside is what what counts, right? I mean, you know, like, God, there's a reason we say you can't judge a book by its cover, right? I have read and loved books with illustrated covers. I have read and loved books with clinched covers. I have read and loved books with bare naked man chests on them, It doesn't really matter. It's what's inside that matters, right? And that, I think, is, like, the real, the whole big idea about everything in romance, right? Is, like, we all deserve these stories if we want them. And everyone in a relationship deserves to find someone who cares about who they are on the inside, not just how they look on the outside. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for solving this person's love life for him and for taking the time to speak to us and yeah and for being a like brilliant voice in the world of romance okay great no problem thanks you guys I felt like Jen and I couldn't quite figure out how to feel about illustrated covers and then I talked to Nicole Perkins and she said this brilliant thing so I wanted to make sure to share that with you also here's Nicole Perkins I love like the Jasmine Guillory, Helen Huang covers, but I I also am really excited for there to sort of be a backlash and have 
the really raunchy covers again and just have women shamelessly reading really raunchy covers on the subway. And I do think that that, I, I hope that that's where cover art goes in five years and I'm optimistic that it will. I think that that's what's happening because I have seen some people doing a little pushback on the covers, particularly um, romance novels that feature uh, interracial couples right. that, that seem to have gone towards the um, computer illustrated covers more often uh, or in such a way that if it's a woman of color in the, you know, that's the heroine, her features are not pronounced. They're just kind of sketched in or the features do not really represent that she's a woman of color. It's just the fact that, you know, she's tan or something or has a darker skin tone or something like that. So I have been seeing a little bit of pushback about that. But I think as we continue to evolve in the romance industry, that there will be more realistic covers. People like Um, Authors like Beverly Jenkins and Alyssa Cole, they tend to have real life models on their covers. Sometimes Alyssa Cole's works um, just have a cover of a single person, like the main uh, character in the novel. And then other times it's the couple and they are embracing. Um, So maybe as her work continues to grow in popularity, more people will, you know, more publishing companies will see that it's okay to have real life couples clutched (laughs) in an embrace and kissing and holding each other and being real. I think it's interesting that we want to use romance novels as kind of a roadmap to the way relationships could be, but the covers don't want to reflect that. Yeah. I had never thought about the fact that of course, um, well, first of all, I love Alyssa Cole's and, and Beverly Jenkins's covers. But also, I'd never thought about the fact that as romance is becoming more diverse, um, and it is authors like Jasmine Guillory and Helen Huang, two authors of color, that um, the animated covers have become more popular. And it's like a way of whitewashing those, you know, interracial or um, more minority represented characters. That is such an interesting and upsetting way to try to, like, manage that transition to hopefully more and more writers of color being appropriately represented by major publishing houses. Yeah, it's a little, um, like, once you start to see it, once you realize it, it does become a little upsetting. And it's like, you're trying to trick me (laughs) a little bit. But, uh, you know, but then you get caught in that idea of, of, wanting to support the author and wanting to read a a good book and also, you know, wanting to call out this tactic, you know, of what they're doing. Nicole, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to us and just like bring all of your wisdom of romance novels to our podcast. Thank you for asking me. I love talking about romance novels. I could talk about them all day. So, Julia, what did you think of what Jen and Nicole had to say about covers and how has it made you rethink this Reddit question? Well, I was thinking that perhaps our Reddit question wasn't an exact map back onto the idea of romance covers, but I'm not exactly sure why I'm feeling this dissonance between our advice and the advice that we would give to someone who is really loving covers and that's making their partner uncomfortable. 
Right. It's, I yeah, I was thinking of that same thing. Like, I have, I've romance novels all over the house. And if Peter was like, you can no longer have these covers in the house. They make me feel threatened. I'd be like, okay, calm down. This is my fantasy life. It has nothing to do with you. Whereas if I was liking every photo of some ex or something on social media, I think that that would be a more reasonable conversation. Maybe. And I think part of what you're touching on is that social media inherently is supposed to, is supposed to be related to reality in a way that romance novels are explicitly fantasy. There is a problem here that is, we can't separate that, that there's an objectifying gaze happening both on social media and, and on romance covers. Yes. And therefore, there is a moral aspect to what it is that what it is that we follow on social media and what it is that we put on our romance covers. Lindy West in her book Shrill talks about how the more you look at pictures of fat women, the more beautiful you find fat women to be. And that one of the problems is that like through advertising in the media, all we consume are women of a certain size. And that actually one of the best things that we can do for you know, seeing different sized people as beautiful is to fill our Instagrams with different sized people. And I think that that, for example, is why people are responding so positively to Lizzo, right? Like we get used to seeing different sized bodies and people loving their different sized bodies and it can actually rewire our brains. And so Nicole just really made me realize how problematic these animated covers are because the content of romance novels is changing. We are reading about totally different kinds of bodies than we were reading about even 10 years ago. And because we're now reading about Black bodies or different sized bodies or Latinx bodies or, you know, trans bodies, we're no longer seeing real life figures on the covers. Yeah. I wonder if there is some kind of Trojan horse strategy where they're like, look at this, look at this illustrated cover that seems kind of beautiful, but perhaps bland. And inside you get these really rich stories. And so you're putting those books into the hands of people who may not have chosen them otherwise. Yeah. I think it's probably a really wise marketing strategy. It just makes me sad. So I guess the thing that I would say differently than I said last time we addressed this question is that, yeah, I don't think it means anything for your relationship that your girlfriend is looking at these photos. But I do think what we look at matters. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's worth talking to her about, which, you know, we've always said, but like what we do look at matters. And I think it is fair to say it bothers me that you're always looking at this kind of person who I will never look like. And then it's also fair for her to respond being like, it's just my fantasy life. Right. Like, but there needs to be a conversation there. Yeah, I think it's really smart to put a name to why he might be feeling uncomfortable with it as this being a structural issue more so than a personal issue because then it might seem like it's not coming from a place of like of jealousy but rather a place of I'm acknowledging that we're both part of this social media machine that affects our relationship in material and serious ways. Yeah it's so frightening but of course like who we follow on social media does impact our relationships, right? If you're like seeing all of your friends getting engaged on social media, you will feel more of a pressure to get engaged. And that doesn't make us dumb or like easily manipulated or it just makes us human. Like 
what we look at becomes normalized for us. So are you telling me I should stop looking at moms of five on Instagram? No, I think you will be a great mom of five. (laughs) Thank you. So Julia, do you still want to call this episode delete your social media except for puppies? Absolutely. And moms of five. I want to change it to curate your social media with intention and mindfulness. That's what I want to call it. I feel like you're just sending them to goop. (laughs) I want to retitle it, go to goop. Julia, I haven't seen this week's episode of Great British Bake Off yet. Do you want to come watch it with me? I've already watched it. I've watched it without you. Ah, traitor. Fine, I'm going to go watch it without you then. You should text me what you think. I hope they decide to kick no one off. That, as a spoiler, does not happen. Someone leaves. Okay, bye. This has been Delete Your Social Media Except for Puppies and Moms of Five, an episode of Hot and Bothered. Go check out Jen at Jen Reads Romance and on her podcast, Faded Mates. And check out Nicole Perkins on The Waves and Thirst Aid Kit. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Rom Pod and leave us a review on iTunes. And please go support us on Patreon. We can't do this work without your support. This episode of Hot and Bothered was a co-production of Not Sorry Productions and Spoke Media. We're executive produced by me, Vanessa Zoltan, and Ariana Nettleman. And associate produced by Julia Argy and Chelsea Erson. Our production team is Bridget Goggin, Hannah Goldbach, Janielle Kastner, Caroline Hamilton, Jenna Annam, Will Short, Alexander Mark, and Jonathan Villalobos. Our music is from First Com and by Nick Bull. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com